0: Way out of here. Oh, man. This is Baseball Tonight, the podcast.
1: This is the Baseball Tonight podcast for Tuesday, July 5th, 2022. And today will be better than yesterday. Producing from his home studio, his new home in the foothills of Connecticut, is Taylor Schwink. Sarah Abbott's working from Bristol on Buster Only, working from my home in New York. And guys, 4th of July yesterday... The Nathan's hot dog eating contest is a never-ending source of amazement for me because I can't even imagine eating 60 hot dogs, let alone 62 or whatever the number was yesterday for the title. So we'll go around the room. Taylor, how many hot dogs could you ingest in one sitting if you force yourself to eat hot
2: dogs? I actually participated in a hot dog eating contest once. I got to six. Uh, the winner of that contest ate 15 in an hour. So, you know, I was up against some pretty good competition, but six is my number for one hour.
1: Yeah, 15, though. That's not even close to the record. I know. Uh, I would have guessed you would have been closer to 10. Sarah, what do you
3: got? I think, honestly, I was going to say six, but now I'm going to be humbled and say four. I'm going to go four.
1: I think I could do six, seven. I think we're all in the same range. But can you imagine 62.
2: No,
3: like
1: I, I got you know, even the thought of that begins to make me sick, let alone actually getting to like number twenty.
3: What's his training? <laughs> That's what I want to know. Like, how do you train for that?
1: I don't know, and I don't want to be around when he's training <laughs> <laughs> You know, I can't even imagine how you get to that point. what What's going on that we get to a point where someone's eating sixty two hot dogs, and what does his doctor say about that?
2: Oh, the dog's anyway. not happy,
1: all right. Uh, An intense game yesterday between the Brewers and the Cubs. The Cubs uh, and Brewers were tied one all top of the ninth inning, and this happened.
4: Suzuki drives one in the air, deep left center. It's got a chance. It's off the wall and bouncing away. He might get an inside the Parker. He's around second. He's
5: racing toward third. He's getting the green light. Here comes the relay to the plate. The throw is gonna be not in time. Inside the park. Home run.
4: Sayas Suzuki.
1: Yep, that gave him a two-to-one lead. That call from the great Pat Hughes and the Cubs Radio Network. But you know what? The Brewers are tied the score in the bottom of the ninth inning against David Robertson, and then this happened in the bottom of the tenth. And the pitch. Swing and line drives. Deep center. It's over Ortega's head and over the fence. It's gone. A walk-off home run for Victor Caratini. Happy Fourth of July. Some fireworks for the Brewers. That from 620 WTMJ. Up until that point, Caratini had four uh, plate appearances and four strikeouts. He turned his day around. Mariners and Padres, Seattle wins 8 to 2 with help from the guy who's the easy front runner for American League Rookie of the Year. Manaya, look at first, the 2 0. Rodriguez swings and drives one deep to left field. This has got a chance. It is long gone. Fourth level of the Western Metal Supply Company down the left field line. About 20 feet fair, home run number 15 for Julio Rodriguez, and it's 4-0 Mariners. Yeah, I'm glad Roxy Bernstein uh, described how far that home run went up into the upper level in San Diego. Uh, Amazing work by him. He keeps on adding on to his numbers. A lot going on with the Nationals these days. They exercised the other day the 2023 options on general manager Mike Rizzo. Manager Dave Martinez. Of course, we heard last week about some of the contract talks going on with Juan Soto. We're going to be talking with Tim Kirchin about that and when he joined us in a moment. Hot Ticket is brought to you by Vivid Seats, where you earn rewards with every purchase. Vivid Seats rewards is your ticket to more tickets. Vivid Seats, life happens live. The Astros and the Royals. In the bottom of the eighth inning, Houston was losing 6-5 to five before this happened. The 1-2 to Yuli,
2: and that's a bouncing ball up the middle, and it sneaks through for a base hit. Around third, Bregman he will score, and the Astros tie it at six. Yuli Gurriel comes through.
1: That was Robert Ford on KBME, 790 AM, and that set up this in the bottom of the ninth. Barlow's 3-1.
2: And Alvarez hits it well and hits it deep to right center! Kiss it goodbye!
5: Over the Astros bullpen for the second Great day. The Astros hit a walk off homer and they beat the Kansas City Royals by a final of
2: seven to six.
1: And we hope that Jordan Alvarez will be part of the home run derby. All those decisions to be made sometime over the next week or so. Orioles, Rangers, and the guy who is leading the Orioles franchise out of the deepest, darkest woods of standings got a big hit in the bottom of the ninth inning. Here it comes. A swing and a fly ball to deep right field. Headed back towards the high wall. It'll
2: go off the bottom of the wall. Here, back to the field of play. Flying around third is McKenna. He is home. And Adley Rutchman, Captain America, has
1: tied up this game at six in the bottom of the ninth.
2: Taylor, you like that? Captain America, that nickname? I prefer Adley Clutchman, but that's just me.
6: No, I like
1: Captain America better. Sarah, you have the tiebreaker.
3: I mean, obviously Captain America. Yeah, I'm a big fan, big fan.
1: Clutchman? I don't don't get that one. Anyway, that hit set this up. Bases loaded, nobody out. Winning run 90 feet
5: away. More to Mateo. And it hits him! It hits him! And that's your ballgame! On the 4th of July, Austin Hayes comes down to score.
1: And that's it! The Orioles win it 7-6! The other day, the Los Angeles Dodgers signed longtime backup catcher Austin Barnes to a two-year, $7 million contract extension, that announcement coming from the Dodgers on Sunday. On Sunday evening, Jacob deGrom made his first minor league rehabilitation appearance. He faced six batters. He struck out five. He was throwing 100 miles per hour. His quote to MLB.com, I felt like I had control of everything. The main thing was trying to locate the fastball and pitch off of that. Everything felt good. And that's good that DeGrom's coming back, Max Scherzer pitching against the Reds tonight because the Braves are rolling. Last night, Dance B. Swanson got another big hit.
0: There they go, pitch on the way. Swung on to the fly ball to left center field, out there to the gap, and that is down for a hit. One run in, two runs in. Here comes a third, throw to the plate is late. That is a bases-clearing double. Dansby bang one to the gap and we had a jailbreak on the base pads. And the Braves make it a five-nothing lead.
1: And that from the Braves Radio Network. Taylor, what else you got?
2: Buster, we have more podcasts from ESPN's partnership with Peyton Manning's Omaha production. Uh, Starting off here, and this week we've got Always College Football with ESPN College Football analyst Greg McElroy taking a deep dive into the sport with the biggest names on and off the field. With off-seasons being a thing of the past, McElroy goes year-round with analysis, opinions, and insight on top teams and under-the-radar stories from coast to coast. That's Always College Football. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. And we are about to talk to Tim Kirkshen. You should continue listening to that, but if you would like to take it in uh, with a visual medium, you can check him out on the ESPN YouTube page. That segment premieres on there a little bit after the podcast drops. So the ESPN YouTube page you can find Buster and Tim chatting it up every Monday, Tuesday in this case.
1: Dogs are an important part of our lives, and keeping them protected is a top priority, especially against nasty parasites. That's why you got to check out Next Guard plus a Fox honor, Moxi and pyrantal chewable tablets. Nexgard Plus Chews provide one-and-done monthly protection that kills fleas and ticks, prevents heartworm disease, plus it treats and controls roundworms and hookworms. That's a whole lot of protection packed into a delicious beef-flavored soft chew designed to make monthly dosing easy and enjoyable. So the next time you're at the vet, ask about NextGuard Plus Chews. They're the one-and-done monthly parasite protection you want for your dog used with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurological disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting preventive. We're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. according to a recent Indeed survey. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com buster. Just go to indeed.com buster right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Buster. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Seam heads rejoice. This is Timmy time. Baseball is the greatest game. With Tim Kirchner. It never disappoints you. On Baseball Tonight. And Tim Kirchner covers baseball for ESPN. Tim, how you doing today?
4: Okay, I did the Red Sox game yesterday against the uh, Rays on the radio, and then I jumped in the car and drove home from Boston last night because the flights were so bad I couldn't risk it, so I just drove from Boston to home. That was about 470 miles.
1: And I could hear, when I asked you what you want to talk about, I could hear the disappointment in your voice, and maybe there's some weariness built in there, too, uh, when you said, yeah, I want to talk about that triple play from last night. Well, Tim, we had that all lined up, okay? Because I knew you would want to talk about it. Here's what it sounded like in a game between the Twins and the White Sox. And the 0-2 pitch, a fly ball, right center field, deep, Byron going back, still going, that ball is going to be caught by Buxton at the fence, and the White Sox are going to run themselves out of the inning if the Twins pick up the baseball. Urshela tags it, grabs a runner there, steps on first, and now that's going to be a triple play! Corey Provis on the Twins Radio Network, and Tim, uh, you always love to talk about how uh, every day at a ballpark you might see something you've never seen before. I've never seen an eight to five triple play to use the numbers attached to each of the positions, and I don't think we'll ever see it again, Tim.
4: It's a first in baseball history, Buster. Now, look, I want to be clear about this. I am way too easy on the players. If you can't hit, I get it. If you can't catch a smoking ground ball, I get it. If you can't throw a strike, I get it but we have the worst base running that I have ever seen in the 42 years I've covered. I wrote 7,000 words on this last year. I could write 10,000 more this year on what we've seen. If Buster, if that had happened to me when I was 15 years old, Mr. Keene would have said, you're not going to be playing the rest of this game because you don't deserve to play if you don't understand what to do on that play. First and second, nobody out, and you run yourself into an 8-5 triple play. I just don't understand how the players can be bigger, better, faster than ever and run the bases like that. That is a disgrace that a major league team had a triple play turned on a fly ball to the center fielder.
1: And it involves Byron Buxton. I think at this point, Tim, would you agree with me? He's established the fact that, You know what? It's very possible that he can make a great catch in the gap. What do you think?
4: Kind of the point here, Buster. You gotta think the guy's gonna catch the ball. So two guys just run with their heads down? Are are we not tagging up on second here? Are we not going halfway? What are we doing here? How can this happen in a big league game? The look on Tony LaRusso's face was just priceless. Like He couldn't believe what he was watching right in front of him. And again, I'm I've had enough of this base running. I love the game more than anyone. But this is the part of the game that offers no excuse whatsoever to run the bases like that.
1: Yeah, and uh, look, you can tell from the expressions of the base runners, they had no idea what was going on. They were completely confused. They, they uh, made a huge mistake. I did love the fact that Gio Urshela, playing third base for the Twins, knew exactly what was going on. And it didn't surprise me that he was in the middle of this because he's that type of guy. Right. Thank goodness the defense knew, because sometimes we have terrible base running mistakes,
4: and the defense isn't quite sure what to do with the play either. But the Twins did yesterday an 8-5 triple play for a struggling team that needs help, and they run themselves into three outs. Just unbelievable.
1: you agree with me? We may never see an 8-5 triple play again.
4: We, I hope we don't, because we should not be leading the show with this, Buster. You you tricked me, you ambushed me, but you're right. This has to be discussed because this just can't happen.
1: This is the big leagues. All right, I want to ask you about the Juan Soto situation for the Na- with the Nationals because this seems to be percolating. Like there's a lot of stuff going on here. We've known for a while that the Nationals are up for sale. Uh, we got some resolution the other day about the future status of Mike Rizzo, their general manager, uh, Dave Martinez, their managers, the franchise picks up the options on both guys for 2023. So however, whenever this transition is going to take place, there's some stability there, but the big question being watched by everyone around baseball is what's going to happen with Juan Soto. Uh, there've been a lot of, uh, information percolating about Soto conversations with the nationals is he going to get a contract extension it's a really difficult time for incoming ownership because if you're Scott Boris who represents Juan Soto and you have a client who's 23 years old and he's already one of the premier hitters in baseball you have the ultimate leverage like if if whatever Soto's contract is turns out to be less by a nickel than what Mike Trout got, the uh, $430 million, I'd be shocked. Because if you're Scott Boris, you can just ask for the moon. Yes. You can basically say, look, here's the benchmark that we're going to set for this guy to stay. And and I don't know if incoming ownership is necessarily going to want that. Uh, And the fact that the information about his negotiations leaked out, Tim, last week, four weeks before the trade deadline, that got the attention of a lot of folks with other teams Because they're wondering at some point, if the Nationals can't sign him, they're going to have to put him out on the marketplace the way the Orioles did with Manny Machado. Yes?
4: Yes. And I I just don't see Juan Soto being traded this year. And Mike Rizzo has been pretty adamant about that. But moving forward, this is a fascinating situation. And what makes it even more fascinating and confusing is that Juan Soto's hitting 226 This is one of the best hitters, maybe the best pure hitter in the game right now, hitting two twenty-six, and he has more walks than hits. Now, Barry Bonds in 2004 had almost 100 more walks than hits, which was ridiculous. But when you look at the trade market and you think that Nelson Cruz of the Nationals might get traded, Josh Bell might get traded, and now you're left with Juan Soto who doesn't get much to hit anyway, and it's it's a really strange situation and the Nats have to figure this out as quickly as possible because if they determine he's not coming back there, he's not going to re-sign there even at 440 million, then they're going to have to look into trading him and how do you get equal value for a 23-year-old with that kind of talent?
2: I
1: agree with you. I don't think he'll be traded before August 2nd, Tim, but I also don't rule anything out. Uh, when Mike Rizzo came out earlier this year and said, we're not trading Juan Soto, uh, I look, Mike Rizzo you know, led the, the Nationals to a championship in 2019. He's one of the best at his job in baseball, but he also is kind of like the Secretary of Transportation, who answers to somebody else. He's ultimately not the guy who makes a decision on whether or not to give Juan Soto a contract of over $430 million. And in the end, what Mike Rizzo said in May or early June about trading uh, Juan Soto, he can be overruled at any time. That's the prerogative of ownership, yes?
4: Yes, I mean this is going to be an ownership decision, Buster. I mean you're going to spend 400 to 500 million dollars on a player. That's going to have to come from ownership beyond anything else. But I'm going to trust Mike Riz, I always do on the on these things, but you're right. If ownership says, "Hey, let's move him," then that changes the equation. I just don't
1: think the equation's going to get changed in during this major league season. So we've got only 28 days now until Major League Baseball's uh, trade deadline. Uh, And and there's no question that a lot of what happens between now and then is going to be shaped by the standings. And and it's interesting, Tim, I was thinking about this over the weekend, uh, looking at the National League standings. So much of it is shaped by the polarized nature of each league. For example, when you look at the Philadelphia Phillies right now, they don't look like a playoff team. Bryce Harper's out. Uh, they've had issues with depth in their lineup. They, you know, struggling at shortstop during the course of the year in terms of identifying a long-term solution. And on the other hand, <laughs> when you look at the National League, there are six bad teams. I say that with all due respect, but there are six bad teams, which means if you're the Phillies, what you're essentially involved in, if you figure that they're not going to catch the Braves or the Mets, uh, is a battle for a playoff spot with like six other or five other teams. It's not like they're competing against this wide swath of clubs, which is why it wouldn't surprise me if you see the Phillies add before the trade deadline or the Texas Rangers or the Seattle Mariners, because the same dynamic I think exists in the American League as well. Uh, If you're one of those teams in the middle, you're not competing against a high number of teams. and, And a lot of those teams are certainly not dynamic.
4: Yeah, I agree, Buster, and I agree. I can't see the Phillies like cashing it in and saying we're, we're done. We're not going to make the playoffs. Not when they've had you know a drought like they've had. Um, and I, I think there are a bunch of teams that are going to say, "Hey, the, the wild card teams are are not great in either league right now. The Giants aren't. Giants are in trouble right now. They're three. They've lost eleven out of fourteen. So yes, the Phillies say we can sneak in and win a wild card if we go and get the right guy. So I, I'm with you on that. It should be a fascinating trade deadline because with a, an extra playoff team and. And not a lot of great
1: teams out there. It'll be really interesting to see what happens. The team with the greatest need in my eyes, the contender with the greatest need, the St. Louis Cardinals, who, uh, as we've seen this season play out, they don't know what Jack Flaherty is going to give them the rest of this year. They have an excellent bullpen, the makings of it at least. It seems like they have an excellent uh, everyday lineup with so much depth. But they clearly, uh, you know, in my opinion, and I think in the opinion of a lot of rival evaluators, they have a clear need for a front of the rotation type starter. Um, and when you and I talked in baseball tonight, on Sunday night, I mentioned that the guy who talked a lot about with other teams in connection with the Cardinals is Frankie Montas, uh, the Oakland pitcher who everyone assumed was going to get be traded at least before he came out of that Sunday start with his velocity going down. We should know more later today uh, about what uh, his state is. He supposedly underwent an MRI yesterday. Maybe the Athletics learned some more about him. But whether it's Montas or Luis Castillo or somebody, the Cardinals need a front-of-the-rotation type guy. Do you think they're the the number one team on that list in terms of what contenders need? Uh, I think they're near the top because they're a pretty darn good team, but they
4: need one more pitcher. And with Jack Flaherty's health, and and we're just not sure what they're going to get from him. Uh, I think Luis Castillo would be the perfect fit for the Cardinals because, again, uh, you add some of the people they've added, you got people excited about their club, and then you you know you fall off a little bit. I, I don't. I think they're going to go get somebody, and Castillo to me is at the top of the list right now because of Montas's health issue. But Castillo's stuff is still really, really
1: good, and that changeup plays no matter no matter where he goes. Okay, sometime in the next 12 hours, we're going to be getting an email from the folks we work for asking us for this week's power rankings, and after what we saw the last week, Tim, I don't know how you turn in a power ranking without having the Houston Astros at number one, and I get it. They're five and a half games behind the Yankees, but to me, after what they did against the Yankees and the Mets, going 7-2, and and then after that unbelievable weekend they had pitching against the Angels, that comeback they had on Monday, Jordan Alvarez delivering again, you're going to pick the Astros as number one, right?
4: No, I'm going to pick the Yankees, number one, because they got ambushed on baseball tonight the other day on this. And look, I understand. I'm watching the games like you guys are. I saw what the Astros did against those New York teams. I love the Astros, and I love Lance McCullers on his way back. I, I know what I'm watching here. But the other team is 58-22, and 22. and if we're going to be doing the power rankings, I'm still going to go with the team that is off to a historic first 80 games. So, do I think the Astros could beat the Yankees in the series right now? Would they be the maybe? Of course, they could, but I'm still going with the team that has the biggest lead and is 58 and 22. And if you don't like it, I don't even care anymore.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm going to try to pin you down on this. Do you think there's a chance that Houston runs down the Yankees for the number one spot in the American League? Because I do, Tim. They're five and a half games behind, as I mentioned today. But when you look at strength of schedule, and I got these numbers updated from Paul Imbichides this morning, uh, the Yankees have one of the tougher schedules, which makes sense because they're in the American League East and you got to deal with the Red Sox and the Blue Jays and the Rays and the improved Orioles. Uh, But the team that has by far easiest schedule for the rest of the season, the Houston Astros. But I know you're also not a strength of schedule guy. Well,
4: I have been in the last couple of years a lot more, Buster, because we've been over this. The difference between the bad teams and the good teams. That gap is bigger than I've ever seen. So you start taking on a bunch of bad teams, and you're really good. You're going to start beating them up this year, like last year, like the last five years. So can the Astros run down the Yankees? Yes, I think they can because their pitching is so good. McCullers is coming back, and we really have to watch that Yankee pitching the second half of the year with Cortez and Tyone and Montgomery, who haven't had this kind of uh, who haven't had this kind of workload. I love where the Yankees are. I think they're going to win the division easily. But yeah, the Astros are really good right now.
1: Yeah. Coming into the year, one of the big questions about the Yankees was could their rotation, you know, filled with guys who had injury uh, issues, injury histories, could that group hold together? And their five starting pitchers have started 76 of their 80 games, which in baseball in 2022 is almost unheard of because we see guys goes on the injured list all the time. Uh, we'll see if that holds together for the Yankees. Tim, thanks for doing this. Great to see you. Sorry to interrupt. All right, Boston. Thank you. See you, guys. Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11 ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code baseball. That's code baseball. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes. Call one 800 DIRECTV or visit directtv.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Zero, zero, nine,
2: six. This is The Numbers Game with Sarah Langs. Sarah Langs,
1: reporter, producer for MLB.com. Sarah, uh, I just got done talking with Tim Kirchen and I mentioned to him, I really feel like the team with the most acute need to make a deal before the trade deadline, the St. Louis Cardinals. They need to get a starting pitcher because I just love so much of that team. What about you?
3: I totally agree. I mean, we just, all them, excuse me, on Sunday at baseball, they're really, really good. They have really good offense, really good defense. Everything you want, but they need that top-of-the-line starting pitcher. All
2: right, let's play the numbers game. Number three.
3: Number three is three. So, speaking of the Cardinals, Buster is a master at those transitions. They have the top three in position player war on baseball reference right now. Paul Goldschmidt, Tommy Edmund, Nolan Arenado. top three with a decent lead. So. There has never been a team since 1900 to have each of the top three in position player war at the end of a season. It's only happened six times that a team even had one and two. And the uh, combos are pretty great. So we have the 1972 Reds with Joe Morgan one, Johnny Bench tied for second. The 1927, 28, 30, and 31 Yankees. With Babe Ruth, one, Lou Gehrig, two, and the 1906 Cleveland team with Nap Lashway, one, and Terry Turner tied for second. And right now, the Cardinals are doing something that none of those teams even did, having the top three. So if they're able to finish even with that top two, they join that list. Number two. Number two is 15. So Julio Rodriguez hit his 15th home run of his career yesterday. And he got to 15 home runs in 81 games, which is really fun because it's half of 162. And he also has 20-plus stolen bases at this point. That is the fewest games for any player to reach 15 homers and 20 stolen bases in a career. He outpaced Barry Bonds and other really exciting power speed guys, at least at that point in their careers. And there's only been five players to have 15 homers and 20 stolen bases in the 81-game span at age 21 or younger. Julio, Ronald Acuna Jr., Mike Trout, Andrew Jones, and Cesar Cedeno. So this is what he's doing. He is the only guy to do that in his first 81.
2: Number one.
3: Number one is two. So the Astros won a walk-off home run from Gordon Alvarez yesterday after winning on a walk-off home run from rookie Jeremy Pena the day before. It's just the second time in Astros franchise history that they won back-to-back games on walk-off home runs. The other time was in 2007 in June. June 28th and 29th, Carlos Lee and Mark Loretta. And, you know, it feels like the Astros are getting the recognition they deserve, especially over these last two weeks playing the New York teams, everyone realizing, hey, they're a legitimate threat here. I know you were tweeting earlier about the possibility that they could actually overtake the Yankees for the best record. And man, they're a lot of fun to watch. I know the game was against the Royals, so maybe they're expected to win, but Yordan coming up hitting his 24th home run in that situation is just really, really cool to see.
1: Yeah, uh, and for me, Yordan is a must-have in the home run derby. Like, I'm really hoping he plays. Because I, and Sarah, you're not old enough to remember uh, when Mike Tyson was at absolute at his apex as a boxer, where the question became, oh my God, can anybody beat Mike Tyson? I feel the same way with Pete Alonso. Assuming that, you know, he's in the events, uh, he's so comfortable with it, he's got his heart rate down, he's got the whole situation down. I really don't know how somebody beats him. Uh, the other day, we were having conversations with Kyle Schwarber about that, and his experience, for example... Uh, might make him one of the guys who might give Pete Alonso. Uh, he might have a fighting chance against Schwarber, a puncher's chance. I feel the same way about Alvarez, even though he hasn't done the event. But I, I just look. He just looks like he has such a mastery of what he's doing right now that he might have a chance. What do you think?
3: He is such a good hitter. I could absolutely see him doing that. And if we're putting together a wish lists, can I put Julio Rodriguez on the list as well? I mean, there are some really fun power hitters right now, but Pete Alonzo, you remember the moment to me where it felt like he might never lose a home run derby was in the last one in 2021 when there was a timeout, I think because a kid got hit by a ball and there's music playing. And Pete is just bobbing along to the music like he is the only person in the room but he's in a huge stadium with 45 plus thousand people. And it was just his moment. And it just felt like if you can have that and you can feel like you were on the stage all by yourself, you are never going to lose this event.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, who who challenges him. Sarah, thanks for doing this.
3: Thanks so much for having me.
1: Over the weekend, Boop Shambi caught up with Cardinals manager Oliver Normal.
0: Give a lesson. Sunday night baseball coming up, and here with the skipper of the St. Louis Cardinals, Oliver Marmol. Um, I don't know whether anybody told you that the way you win baseball games, you just hit four straight homers, right? That's the <laughs> the key to being a good manager.
6: That's that's the key for sure, and I'll I'll take that every night. Absolutely.
0: Um, let's talk a little bit about the guy you have starting tonight, the veteran Adam Wainwright. You're you know you're talking about a guy who's been around for a long, long time. What's been the secret from your vantage point to his longevity and success over a long period of time?
6: Um, just the overall edge of how he approaches every year. Um, people talk about like, hey, he's, is he ever going to announce his retirement? For him, it's a, it's a no, because that's the that edge of I've got more in the tank. And he approaches every day um, with that mentality. The way he prepares, the way he goes about just his day to day is hard to match. As
0: far as your team offensively, last couple of years been kind of up and down in terms of scoring runs. This year, you guys have been elite. Tell me about Paul Goldschmidt and what the secret to his success has been.
6: Uh, his preparation is unbelievable. The, the way he breaks down a pitcher, the bullpen, he just knows his game plan against each guy that has the potential to come into that game. And he's been executing on it. And that's the key to it. Uh, the guys around him have been unbelievable in getting on base and the Donovans and the Edmonds. And um, and we're starting to see now a Nolan getting hot. So uh, the combination of all those things could be fun to watch.
0: Positional versatility in today's game is so important. And Brendan Donovan is a name that you mentioned. And when that positional versatility comes wrapped in a package with a super high on base, that's pretty valuable. And you're talking about a first-year guy. It's It's been impressive what he's done.
6: Yeah, very impressive. His makeup is unbelievable um just the way he goes about his work uh learning all these different positions at the highest level is impressive in itself but this is a guy that loves to compete he's not going to back down from anything um loves and embraces the tough moments um he fits in well here you got your hands full tonight going up against a, a zach wheeler give me a little scouting report going up against him yeah, Wheeler's a good dude. He's been around for a long time, knows what he's doing. Um, he's got some uh, electric stuff for you and knows how to pitch. So uh, our guys are ready for it. They have a good game plan, and uh, the key to tonight is just stringing together tough A-Bs. Good to see you. Good luck. All right, good to see you. The other day, Sean Kelly spoke with Rays manager Kevin
5: Cash. Kevin, first of all, happy 4th of July. I know it's a work day, but um, I could think of a few other places that I'd you know, could be on July 4th. This one would be on the list, though, for sure. No, happy 4th to you uh, as well. And I, I agree. You're not going to find it much better playing baseball in Fenway Park against the Red Sox. So we're fortunate to be here, excited to start a series with them. Craziest thing you've seen in this ballpark? Oh, my gosh. I, a lot of games. I've seen a lot of games. Um, there's been a lot of crazy things. I, I think... Uh, Maybe last year, Hunter Renfro and the ball that went over into the bullpen that was kicked in in the postseason, uh, that didn't work well for us. Uh, I I saw the Manny Ramirez hit the home run, the walk-off off the Angels, I think in 07. That was pretty spectacular, but a lot of special things in this ballpark. Certainly so. And you arrive here with your offense churning again yeah, it, you know what feels good. we We had about a a three week uh, grind. it just wasn't coming easy for us. Uh, we got a lot of young players that are trying to keep their head above water, and it's good to see them rewarded. It came in bunches over the last uh, three games, so we're happy about that and hopefully it c- carries over. yeah, we've hit July, the razor right there again, right in the middle of it. It doesn't seem possible with all that you guys have been through this year. Yeah, you know, that's okay. Our our front office does a good job. We pride ourselves on having as much depth and talent, that combination. And, you know, sometimes it's tested more years than others. There's no doubt we're being tested right now. But feel like if if we can kind of hold the fort down and wait for some of our, our injury guys to get healthy and get back to help us, we should be in an okay spot can't wait to see Paredes play today what's it like to manage that young man right now he's been a lot of fun to manage he's done a nice job he, you know the, the run he's on right now of driving the ball hitting the ball out of the ballpark and then also showing the ability to go the other way he's putting together some special bats and really picking us up what are you up against in the Red Sox this afternoon just a talented team that w- they, they know us we know them um, you know I think they're going to be running somewhat of a bullpen day similar to us um, but it's always good get good baseball games they can be low scoring, high scoring. It seems like it always goes down to the wire. Thank you, sir. All the best. All right. Thank you.
2: Bleacher tweets. All righty, Buster. Bleacher tweets for a glorious Tuesday. PK Steinberg is up first at a game of pickup wiffle ball in my neighborhood. I wore batting gloves and was ridiculed by my team and the opponents, and I was beamed. Buster. Are there rules written or unwritten about this? He sent pictures along to uh, I hope PK is OK. What do you think about this?
1: Yeah, PK, I hope they beaned you um, for wearing batting gloves. That is not something that should be acceptable. Look, if you're a kid, like you're nine, ten years old and you're getting into baseball and you you know you you want to emulate uh your your heroes and you put on batting gloves, that's one thing. But batting
2: gloves and wiffle ball when you're adult,
1: come on, Taylor, you got my back on this one?
2: Yeah, I, I appreciate that he was probably doing a bit there to rile everyone up, but yeah, deservedly beaned. Yeah, but I, I feel like P.K.,
1: he knew that that was what the reaction was going to be, which I can appreciate. He's right? a l- he's a I do that bit. with my son, too. And, you know, sometime in a key spot in a game against my 18 year old son, we're playing football. I'll turn around a bat switch. Uh, to, I'll switch it against him just to get inside his head a little bit. So I totally <laughs> get it.
2: P.K. is a little bit of a pot stir there. Mitchell at Tigers of Detroit writes in, is there a rotation in the AL that can compete with the top three of Verlander? Valdez and Javier, the rotation seems to be a very underrated part of the team.
1: Well, the very top of the rotation, uh, I'd say the Jays, and I'm talking about like one and two, and then we'll see where the rest of it goes. But when you get Kevin Gossman, you have Alec Manoa, that's pretty good. If you're the Yankees, um, you're really stable. You know, Garrett Cole, obviously on a good day, uh, his best day can pitch with anybody. Nestor Cortez, you know, times has been a, a Cy Young candidate. So, Potentially them, but pitching wise, right right now, nobody's matching up with the Astros. And I think all their numbers really
2: back that up. At Senior B, Senior Betley writes in, Trout had nine strikeouts against the Astros this weekend, four on Saturday on only 13 pitches. Do the Astros have something figured out, or is Trout not as good as advertised? All right, let's look at the big picture here. Mike Trout, you know, of year 11, he's one of the best
1: players in baseball history versus a few good days from the Astros pitchers against him. Yeah, it's the Astros figuring something out. Trout is as good as
2: advertised. Uh, give credit to the Astros pitching, uh, and now it'll be up to Mike Trout to make an adjustment. By the way, I saw you tweeting this morning. Do you hate the Astros, the Yankees, or the Mets more? <laughs> Which is it? Yeah. Did you like how I did that? Yes. Like I got, I sent out one tweet just about strength
1: of schedule going forward, and asking would the Astros <laughs> catch the Yankees? They're five and a half games behind, but their schedule on paper is so much easier than the Yankees schedule. And I had people coming at me from both Camp Yankees and Camp Astros saying my tweet was a hate against their team. It can't
2: be both. Mm, It might be, though. Galaxy blank. Oh, that's right. I forgot. I hate all 30 teams. That's what the tweet had shown. Mm-hmm. Don Irvine writes in, are the one-year extensions for Mike Rizzo and Davey Martinez for more continuity reasons with a sale on the horizon or do the nationals believe they are the best people for what looks to be a long rebuilding process?
1: No, this is all about stability through a transition. But as I've been saying, we've been talking about this at the beginning of the year, like there's a lot percolating there uh, and we don't hear about it a lot. <laughs> there's not a lot of stories about it. But there's a lot going on because if you're the incoming
2: uh, Nationals ownership, you want as much stability as possible. Andrew Sanford at Sanford Minus Sun writes in, Hey, Buster, I'm a lifelong, albeit transplanted Texas Rangers fan. I love what I've been seeing from Adolis Garcia and am terrified that the Rangers will trade him instead of nurturing his talent. Am I overreacting? Thanks. Love the show.
1: No, uh, you are overreacting. I will tell you this. You know, I I sent this in a tweet out the other day. Rangers front office is absolutely uh, devoted to the idea of building as they go forward um, and and adding as they go forward, even through the trade deadline. As they sit here today, they wouldn't make the playoffs, but they're probably going to add payroll in some sort of a deal because not only do they want to improve for the rest of this year, and and as you know, as a Rangers fan, they've been playing better of late Um, they want to build going into 2023. So think about guys like Luis Castillo of the Reds, um, and they do have a surplus of position players, the Rangers do. So I I think these are good days for the Rangers. I feel like they're getting better, and they're coming into the conversation.
2: Last one today, Matt Stock at mstock73 writes, and how do you see the Freeman negotiations impacting Dansby Swanson's contract talks with Atlanta? He has the same agency as Freddie Freeman did before you fired him. Yeah, and by the way, uh,
1: you know, Freddie put out that statement last week saying that his situation with the Excel agency was fluid. Last I checked on it, which was on Sunday, uh, Freddie is still listed as self-represented. So nothing fluid about that. He is not with Excel. Uh, Dansby was asked by a reporter last week about uh, you know, the Excel representation. He said he will stay with Excel, nothing will change with Excel. Uh But I know Dansby, I've known him for a long time. He's a smart guy. He's going to take in all the information that's in front of him. I don't think he's going to change Excel, but, you know, maybe ask different questions than Freddie did
2: as they go forward. All righty. That does it for Bleacher Tweets. Hashtag Bleacher Tweets on Twitter. While you're watching games tonight, we will be back tomorrow.
1: Before we go, I want to acknowledge we've had some really rough days recently. Uh, Over the weekend, we learned about the tragic accident involving Julia Budzinski who is the 17-year-old daughter of Blue Jays' first base coach, Mark Budzinski. Uh, she fell off an inner tube that was being pulled by a boat on the James River in Richmond. Uh, he obviously has left the team. And then on Monday, we heard all about the shooting in Highland Park. This is a baseball podcast. I think it's important to focus on baseball. That's what we do here. But we certainly have folks who are affected by these tragedies in our hearts. Uh, that's it for today. And my thanks to Kevin Cash, Sean Kelly, Boog, Ollie, Sarah and Sarah, Tim and Taylor. Stay safe, everyone. And remember, hate and inequality based on skin color is something we need to fight against every single day. Dogs are an important part of our lives. That means protecting them from parasites. Ask your vet about NextGuard Plus, a Foxaloner moxidectin, and pyrantal chewable tablets. Nexgard Plus Chews provides one-and-done monthly protection against fleas, ticks, heartworm disease, roundworms, and hookworms. Plus, they're delicious and easy to give. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurological disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Ask about NextGuard Plus Chews.